0: Today, I'm excited to introduce a series of short entrepreneur profiles that we'll be sharing with you over the coming months. These short-form stories are told entirely from the perspective of business owners, and they offer a firsthand account of the struggles and satisfaction of building an impactful business in challenging and growing markets. Our first story is that of Ghanaian entrepreneur Linda Ampa an incredible woman who has been creating both jobs for the underserved and remarkable fashion designs for over two decades. And during that time, she has encountered the usual hurdles of operating a business in a developing economy, in addition to the unique challenges of being a female business owner in West Africa. So without further ado, I invite you to meet Linda.
1: My mother was an entrepreneur. We had a little factory in the house. All my fingers have been stitched before because every time after school, if you're looking for me instead of doing my homework, I'll be in the factory and my little fingers will always get caught and they are rushing me to the hospital. The sound of sewing machines. I don't know what it is, but that's my high. I just love it. My name is Linda Amper. My company is card Manufacturing, and we also have a fashion brand called Cadling Fashions. We started Cadling Fashions about some 22 years or so ago. Originally, when I started, I was happy with custom made and then ready to wear, you know, small volumes, you know, until people started asking questions. Oh, can you do 100 of this? I said, really, 100, are you out of your mind? And then over the years, we branched it off into mass production. We currently produce um, school uniforms. We also produce for brands in the US, like Anthropology, Brooklyn Industries, or Osedro. It was actually through that production that Michelle Obama wore one of the garments that we made. It was very exciting. The ideal situation for us would be to be marketing our own label and hoping that it would do very well. At the same time, we have women who are waiting for their deliberate from working, not from handouts. And so for us, we look at it both ways. If bringing the jobs to us with your label will keep them working all the time, we're happy to do that. Being a female business owner, where I come from, is not exactly easy. You have the basic challenges of raising children. So you're in a meeting, You have to go and pick your child from school or your child is ill and therefore you can't join the meeting. you get um, men making passes at you just because you're a woman. You're looking for business from maybe an organization and they feel like, well, maybe a dinner here or maybe a weekend there would (laughs) make it easier. If you, for instance, you married somebody who already has his name on his property, your husband's name is on the property, are you now going to tell him that he should give you the property to go and give to the bank? Some of us might be able to provide that and so get access to the money. But a lot of the women, they don't have access to collateral. So that cuts them out completely, you know, and then, then you're stuck. So you can't grow. You're stuck. You'll be remained there. And then as time goes on, you probably will be pushed out. In Ghana, in the marketplaces, there are women and girls who sleep on the streets. So we went out asking them whether they would be interested to come and train. And the response we got was just amazing. You know, so we invited them over and then we started training them. Now the challenge there was that because they didn't have a place to stay, They get um, raped, they have children. Very, very real stories of such women and girls. So we decided, you know what, we add housing to it. So we rented a place, and then we give them the accommodation. So those who wanted to stay, they will come in, stay, finish their training, and usually after a year, they are able to rent their own place, and then they move from the hostel. Currently, we have a girl who came to us through an NGO. She was picked off the street as a, I think maybe six or seven years old then. And as we speak now, this girl is able to do patterns. And for the garment industry, I find the pattern making as the most challenging. This girl is able to do patterns from scratch to finish, it's just amazing. Right now, the American Embassy has decided to give her scholarship to come to fashion school in the U.S. We are very aware that giving somebody a skill and employing them in Ghana, the ripple effect, you're touching the lives of about six to ten people just by employing one person. We have... um, A young person, he had been coughing quite a lot. We found out that he's HIV positive. He has two children who are also HIV positive. Now, what do you do? You can't let them go. You can't leave them alone. They will die. So then you have to help them with antiretroviral drugs. You have to help them with their children. You have to keep counselling going. And it's a long journey. And it's draining, financially very draining. But for us, it's worth it. It's really worth it. As a business leader, I was at a stage in my business where I was tired, I was burnt out, and probably ready to throw in the towel. Where I come from, trust can be an issue. So everything you're doing, you feel like there's somebody who's not thinking in the same direction as you, or they really don't look out for your interest. I realized that, you know what, there are some young people in my organization who, it turned out, had the best of interest for the business. You know, so letting it go and letting some of them own parts of the story and of the future of this organization, it's actually uh, made me rest easy. It's just amazing. I never knew that could happen. So as a leader, I have learned that, you know what, others can do the job and probably even do it better. Ten years from now, I hope to have retired i will sit back and just uh, keep encourage them if they need any strategic direction i will be there to support but 10 years from now i expect them to carry the torch and continue going
0: i think you'll agree with me that linda is an amazing entrepreneur one who is having a positive impact on the lives of her employees and their children after struggling to stay afloat for a long time i'm happy to share that her company is now on the fast track in the past few years She's grown their revenues at an annual compound rate of nearly 40%, creating almost 650 jobs along the way. And 90% of Linda's employees and more than two-thirds of her management team are women. Women entrepreneurs encounter unique challenges. We know that. When I interviewed Lakita Madakuri of Tara Greens in Episode 3, she made that point all too clear. So in Season 2... We plan to bring tactics and strategies for handling these obstacles to our female listeners. And guys, you will learn a lot along the way. I'll be interviewing two outstanding professors from the Stanford Graduate School of Business, Deborah Grunfeld and Margaret Ann Neal, one of who is an expert on power and how we use it, and the other on negotiation tactics. These two professors lead a program at Stanford designed especially for high-potential women leaders. If you're interested in attending... The next program starts in January, and it's online. Just visit stanfordseed.co slash womenlead for more info. And I'll put that link in the show notes as well. Otherwise, watch this space in the new year for my conversations with Professor Grunfeld and Professor Neal. Speaking of season two, I would like to invite you to help us shape the upcoming episodes of this podcast. What are the topics that you'd like to learn more about, and who are the people that you want to hear from? Our short listener feedback form is live, and your responses will help us shape the stories that we tell. You can find a link to the survey in the show notes or by visiting stanfordseed.co slash podcast survey as one word. Thanks in advance for taking the time to share your thoughts. This will help us create the most relevant and impactful content for you and other entrepreneurs who are making their way. Written Growth is a podcast by Stanford Seed. Lori Fuller researched and developed content for this episode with additional research by Jeff Prickett. Kendra Gladich is our production coordinator and our executive producer is Tiffany Steves. With writing and production from Isabel Pollard and Andrew Gannam and sound design and mixing by Alex Bennett at Lower Street Media. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.